0: The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. Let the church say amen. Amen. Come on, y'all. Let the church say amen. amen. There we go. There we go, friend. We're ready to cook now. Mark's account of the resurrection is the most brief, the least cluttered, and in its original text does not include the actual appearance of the risen Christ. We are simply left with the women who early in the morning got up and went to the tomb to finish the burial practices, who discovered the place where he laid, attended by an angel. And they are greeted with these words, Go tell the disciples and Peter that he will go ahead of you, to meet you in Galilee. As we travel through the next several weeks in the book of Acts, we find out, in fact, as we approach the Ascension, there were many, many appearances of the risen Christ among the disciples and many faithful witnesses. And he did, in fact, go ahead of them to meet them in Galilee before he ascended to heaven. And because of his life, death, and resurrection, great music like this is ours to share. Amen? Amen. Last winter, we had the joy of attending the Symphony of Southeast Texas. And maestro Chelsea Tipton II said that King George II had a cramp in the performance in London. And so we stood up for the Hallelujah Chorus. Maestro Tipton recognized that that might be legend, that the king had a cramp and so everybody stood with the king. I mean, royal protocol, if you're in the presence of a monarch and the monarch stands, then we stand, right? And so people have been standing for the Hallelujah Chorus since that day in 1743. The King did it, so everybody did it. And I owe special thanks to Renee and Janie, our orchestral ensemble and our chancel choir, for honoring my request to hear the Hallelujah Chorus on Easter Day. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Thanks. I'd like to take a minute or two to examine what the King of Kings did, even in just the last week of his earthly life and ministry. The King proclaimed, from the time of the triumphal entry until the Passover, Jesus, the King of Kings, was in the courtyard of the temple teaching and preaching proclaiming the truth about God we have question after question question about taxes question about this question about Sabbath practice questions about everything that faithful people wanted to know and Jesus the King of Kings proclaimed that the first commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself the King of Kings participated in the traditional Passover feast with his disciples in what we call the upper room from which we have many publications in our upper room in Nashville as United Methodists in 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 that participation the King of Kings remembered and celebrated God's faithful deliverance of the people of Israel from slavery in Egypt to freedom in the promised land. The King provided. The King of Kings provided at that meal, the Passover, Jesus provided the continuing remembrance and celebration of his real presence with us in instituting what we call the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion, sometimes we call it Eucharist, which is simply the Greek word that means to give thanks, particularly to give thanks to God, and the King performed. In John's account of the Gospel, the King performed a servile act when he, after supper, took off his robe and took up a towel, poured water in a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. The king performed an act that technically should have been performed before the meal began as they arrived. The king performed an act that technically belonged to a servant or a slave. Later that night after supper, Before he was betrayed, the king prayed. The king of kings took three of his closest disciples off from the rest in the garden called Gethsemane, and he told them, watch with me and pray. And he went further on by himself, and he prayed, not my will, but thine, O God. And he prayed with fervor that his sweat became drops of blood. And while the king prayed... The disciples slept. The king did these things. He prayed, he participated, he provided, he performed, and he proclaimed. These are all things that we do, although we're more familiar with this language. Our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. We do these things as fellow Christians because the king of kings, did it. And that's a great place to stop for Easter, isn't it? <laughs> we do what the king did. But there's a point that I struggle with. And, and, and I had to search the thesauruses at length to find the right P word. The king… the king purged himself of his place in heaven. The king purged himself of his heavenly throne. The king purged himself of his independence. And the king purged himself of his will in order to accomplish the will of the Father. And it is the will of our Father, our God, who calls us to that same level of sacrifice, that same level of self-denial and faithfulness that we find in Christ, so that so that today we may indeed proclaim Christ is risen, not only historically, not only in the life of the congregation, but in us as well. The King is risen with healing in His wings that we might know wholeness. The King is risen with release for the captives so that we might know true freedom to be who we are in Christ. The King is risen to set captives free so that we might proclaim release of bondage and slavery to our sisters and brothers. The King is risen to bring new life to the dead that we might proclaim new life within us and within the world. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. The King did it and He conquered death and hell and sin that we might know life in Him. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the King did it and so shall we.